0: Friends and listeners, welcome back to Maya, My Yoga Audio, where it's time for your mind to be on the mat. Today, I'm so happy to introduce you to a CEO by day and a modern mystic by night. Vinay McGee is here, and she helps woo curious women live a life free from perfection and guilt. She's the founder of the Ebb and Flow Collective, which is a nonprofit based in the Bay Area. We met through our mutual friend named Femily. She was also a recent featured speaker at the 2021 Future Thought Leader program. The Ebb and Flow Collective is all about soul care and finding your breakthroughs through self-care, soul healing, self-exploration, women's empowerment, social wellness community, and creating a life of balance. Vinet grew up in the foster care system and has stories to tell about that experience as well as struggles with fertility, something that's not often talked about, especially as it pertains to black women. We're going to get into all of these things and more, and I want to just start off by welcoming you, Vinay, to the show. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here.
0: We met through our mutual friend, Emily, and her sister, Mags, and you so graciously invited me to come and teach at Flowfest this summer and I had a great time camping for the first time we had uh, lots of laughs about that but it was basically a festival health and wellness festival that took place in the woods would you give us kind of an overview of what that experience was like for you at ebb and flow and starting your nonprofit? yeah just give listeners a bit of an idea of who you are and, and what you've been birthing into the world in terms of that
1: Yeah, thank you so much for giving me the space to be able to share about my path and my journey. So I think before I even get into Evan Flow, I kind of like to give a background of myself and like the struggles I dealt with coming up in the world and what was really always a life for me in my heart. Sometimes I think we think like, oh, this idea just fell upon me. And it's like, no, like you created that, like you went through everything you did in your life so that you could be who you are today in the world. So I grew up in foster care and it was a very abusive situation in my foster home. So navigating abuse, but also the trauma of being abandoned by my biological parents and just feeling not wanted so much in my life. I really felt alone. I felt isolated. I felt limited by my environment that I was living in. And so I just always thought to myself, like, there has to be another way and where I grew up and where I currently live still, it's a very affluent area. So I got to see like when I would go to my friend's house and things like that, I got to see what a home looks like with two parents and that were seemingly healthy and that, you know, all of these things. And I would also go to summer camp. So from my experience in summer camp, I also got introduced to just more experiences. And so I knew there was another life out there, like the potential than what I was living and what I was being conditioned to. So that kind of like planted the seed for me at such a young age. So I grew up, I aged out of foster care, and I immediately got into a relationship with a gentleman who was much older than me and who turned out to be abusive. So I was just really recycling the experiences from my past that I was used to. I was used to functioning and being in chaos and in abuse. So that's, you know, where I went to. That's what I knew. And so it wasn't until him and I split up that I finally broke free from our relationship that like I really got to just like think and I moved away to Atlanta, so I had lived in the South for a bit, and there I really got introduced to just, like, different ways of thinking, because the South is so vastly different from California, so it was just, like, this whole new experience um, that I was having, and so I came back to California, and a lot of things happened, and I just say, like, during this time, this was in 2015. So in 2015, I say, like, my whole foundation, everything I thought I knew, it all came crashing down in one day. And I was, like, stripped away from, like, friends, family, jobs, like, everything. Like, I found myself homeless all in the blink of one eye. It was crazy. And so I really, for the first time ever, I would say I had a seeking spirit. My spirit was so open. I was so willing to forget everything that I ever thought that I knew, any teaching, anything. I was ready to give it all up. And so a friend had gifted me the book, The Secret*. So for those of you who may or may not be familiar with the book The Secret, it's all about the law of attraction. So mindset, how to make your thoughts work for you, how to, you know, quantum theory, how to manifest, basically. And so this was the first time I had ever heard of this. No one I knew was practicing this. I was like, what? And when I read it, I read it in like two days. That's the quickest I ever read a book. And I was like, at the end of the book, I was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I was like, not <laughs> this easy. If I could just think my thoughts into like will my way in through life, then I would be like a millionaire by now. But I realized that there was so much more underneath the text um that it was asking for me. So I was like, I'm gonna give this a try as a means to proving it wrong because I know what I know. And the book quickly proved me wrong so like I said I was homeless and so I ended up like securing a place ended up buying a car and that was kind of like the catalyst to like what I like I got to see myself I got to see a future version of me that I never had imagined seeing. And so what that did was I was like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know about this. Why isn't no one talking about this? And so I was like, okay, the next thing I'm going to manifest is, is knowing more about manifestation, right? I was like, I know this from this book, but I want to know more. And I was like, but I can't afford to know more. Like I can't, I have no monies to spend. So all of a sudden I had all these teachers coming what seemed like out of the woodworks like offering to coach me for free they heard my story they just like wanted to coach me for free I was going into different healing spaces here in Marin because there's no shortages of them and while I felt welcome I still felt like I was always checking that box of other like I didn't quite feel Safe in all of those spaces. Like I felt like I had to defend my story or defend my blackness or defend my parents even. Like, you know, I held guilt for them and, you know, them not being capable of being conscious parents and stuff. And so I just never truly felt safe in these spaces. And so I was like, I really envisioned out of my own need to be safe and not have anyone question my experience that I was like, Eben Flow was born. Um, And so we started off just by offering day-long retreats so I really wanted wellness to be accessible to people and I was like you know for working parents especially moms and stuff or just like for the working individual like they can't they don't have the luxury to take off for a weekend and go to a retreat so I really thought that the day-longs would really be in alignment with like my vision of creating this central place that's universal and accessible for all people really and so yeah that's really how we started through that whole long journey um we got to being where we are today so we have just grown and evolved into being a nonprofit. We were a for-profit business, but after being in business for some time, we really realized that our practices were more in alignment with nonprofit work, and it was just more in alignment and made more sense for us to be able to offer more scholarships and more free programming and stuff, but still be able to, you know, pay ourselves and pay our teachers because I also have, like, really strongly believed that we shouldn't have to... Like, we shouldn't have to not be compensated for our work in order, to, you know, to do good work out in the world. So I really wanted it to be this symbiotic relationship where I could bring teachers on and pay them their worth, but offer it to the community for free. And so Flow Fest, what Megan was mentioning, this is our first one. So as a nonprofit, you know, yearly, there are these big galas. So you have a gala, that's how you raise a big bulk of your money. And I always was like, I do not want to have a gala because I know, like, from a participant point of view, I was just like, I know how how they kind of work basically because i was always like that kid that they would want to use to like oh come tell how this program changed your life so we can get more money and i was just like i don't want to ostracize someone and like put them on this platform and be like oh we're so awesome we changed their life and so give us and so flow fest really was born from that place of like how can we still stay true to our roots but also like you know, make this, um, have this uh, fundraiser. And so uh, we usually, our audience are self identifying women and non binary individuals, but with Flow Fest, we opened it up to everyone. So to families. So it was this beautiful mix of men, women, they, them, children. And it was just this energy and lightness and a familiarity between everyone and there was no competition, which is something we're always striving for is to remove that because it's so heavy in the wellness industry. And so I think we did a really great job and got people out of their comfort zones even. And it was, you know, it took course over three days. We had workshops all, you know, um, offered all throughout the day And um, just like a lot of mindfulness and bonding. And, you know, this was also like during the time, like they like lifted everything from COVID. So we were like, yes, we are free. Um, And then shortly after that, we like come back home and they were like, actually, you're back on lockdown. So... Um, kind of cool experience to be like what would life be like once we are truly out of COVID right like what are our boundaries and what does that feel and look like Um, and then to have to be kind of put back in it Um, So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and
0: I can attest to it, as you know, and as listeners will know, I am not a camper. That was legitimately my first time camping, and I totally survived and loved it. And it was like over 100 degrees most days that we were there, but it's like we got under the trees and we could cool down. And I found it to be a totally transformative experience. I feel like the right people at the right time showed up. Like you said, families, men, women, all genders, all different self-identifying folks and the DJ, like the dance party was fantastic. There was something for everyone. You could stay in your tent the whole time and just like read and chill out or you could choose to join these activities and it wasn't like super packed. Like some of these festivals you know you get thousands of people and it's just like mess everywhere and overcrowded. It felt like it was the perfect size and you know the perfect amount of people and I'm sure it's going to grow every year. I know even just posting my pictures and videos after I got back all my friends were like hey I want to go next year so um I'll be bringing a team of people if you're (laughs) doing that next year because it was oh
1: yeah this is an annual an annual gathering and we are so excited to have it grow as well Um, even checking out maybe some different campsites (laughs) Um, you know with California being in a drought it was just so disappointing because the the water source that was there was kind of you know, dried up because of the drought that we're experiencing. But I think everyone came with this attitude of like, I committed to this. Like, whatever that commitment, that length of time, like whatever that was for them, I think they, they, you know, really got something out of it because they're like, you know, when you put your mind to something, it's like so many things will happen to like deter you from from the goal and everyone like the heat was this big deterioration to like tell people like yes leave go and some people like they did leave and they left but some people also stayed and just like you know whatever I feel like everyone got the medicine that they needed that's my point
0: (laughs) yeah that's exactly right and I think I heard there was a guest oh my gosh she looked like a fairy and I can't remember her name now that's after one of the last workshops it was Saturday night and she said, like, I just got the exact medicine I needed that I was looking for. And I think she had left that night. I didn't see her the next day. But I remember her saying that. And she was so content. And she'd been there, I think, for the two full nights before. So it seemed like the perfect amount of time for her. One thing I wanted to ask you about, there were several of your friends there that you had met. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was through a camp that you had all attended as teens.
1: Yeah, Yes. Yeah, so Janae and Jimmy. And
0: what was that? We got into one of the sessions that I attended, oh, my gosh, with the woman who's from Australia. Um, and we, we ended up in a, a group together, and they were talking about this program, and there was, like, a lawyer who was in the group who wanted to, like, take it back to his law practice to talk about – this is like an intervention program. I don't know if you wanna speak on that a little bit, how you met and what that program was.
1: Yeah, so the summer camp I was mentioning earlier where I got experiences at is this summer camp. So it's called Camp Avery, shout out, well now it's called Project Avery. So shout out to Project Avery. And it's a camp designed for kids whose parents have either been or are currently incarcerated. It takes place in Mendocino. They have this beautiful, beautiful campsite. And every year we would go and it was just like, it was this sanctuary. I felt like the, I think most of us, we all come from these, um, you know, background, like very, everyone comes from a different background, but there are people like, you know, like me who were in foster care, single family homes, or um, a lot of low income families, a lot, you know, a lot of people of color, even, um, that were attending these camps, or this camp. And so it was just beautiful, because I think, for our lifestyle and how we were growing up we we were worrying about things that children shouldn't have to worry about we were carrying weight that we as tiny humans shouldn't have been carrying and so when we stepped into that space into the space of Project Avery we got to we got to cut up and be kids and just like let loose and not have to worry about our next meal, or whether or not our siblings are fed, or, you know, or if, you know, our lights are going to be on when we wake up the next day, like all those stresses and worries were taken off of the table for two to four weeks. And that impact lasted with me up until this very day up until today as we speak and so the volunteers the camp counselors everyone there just had this light about them that made an impact and an influence in my life and so that's really you know what I want to share and give to other people through ebb and flow as well yeah
0: that's what became it it was all so clear to me I was like you have such vision and I could tell that immediately upon you know meeting you virtually and then interacting with you on the phone and experiencing that festival but then when I found that out that you had that shared history and that you're still in touch right to this day and they came out to the festival to support you and that they're each also you know pursuing different but like linked careers that stems for caring for others right one through like food and cooking and nutrition and the other through more science-based things I just thought that was one of the coolest stories of that whole festival and you had a horoscope reading (laughs) horoscope reader there too which was like the most fun I've had in a long time with Molly that was amazing
1: yeah yeah Molly's so great Um, Yeah, we really had a good mix. Like I try to think when I plan a program, whether it's our retreat or our festival, um, I really try to bring elements and pieces that I use in my everyday life that have truly been, um, you know, like, like life, um, like life. What are they called?
0: Life changing?
1: Like no, like life wrap. Like oh, it's life something raft. I needed to mm-hmm. grab on. Like, you know, to be pulled back in. And so like even um someone who's coming to mind right now who was like such a great piece of the festival was Carla Starla Mm -hmm. and her coming Mm -hmm. and sharing and teaching how to tap in and use your intuition how to talk with and communicate with your spirit guides because these were things I grew up Christian I I no longer practice Christianity but I, I grew up Christian and so that was like the devil's work like you don't talk to angels and to spirit guides and you don't touch tarot and look at astrology because that's the the teachings of you know something outside of God that's not of God. So these were practices when I first started. I was so scared of. I was intimidated. I was like, "Am I summoning the devil here?" Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to hell. And so, you know, I really had to get over myself and and find people who were safe right but then I didn't how would I know that they were safe it was literally because I was using my intuition but what I'm doing is I'm betting these people and I'm like look they're safe you you know they're safe because you know me and I'm betting these people and I'm putting them in front of you so that you have the opportunity to make you know a conscious choice of now you don't have to worry about safety now you just have to worry about talking to them or taking that you know that extra step you know walking out on faith if you will to just know that like you are divinely supported within this space and you're safe to explore these other modalities that may be a bit taboo or woo woo you know
0: mm-hmm. i love that how you have that in your tagline on instagram for the woo curious because it's so true you were once that person where it's like hey i'm coming from this kind of more hard And I, same thing, I was raised in a pretty strict Catholic household. And so it was same thing when I stumbled upon these things, I was kind of like, mm-hmm. but I was just interested, like, I was very curious. I just, I'm a lover of life and a student for life. And so when I learned about all these things and our innate capabilities, and, and that ability to trust comes harder to people that have been in a situation like yours, where they couldn't trust anyone for so long, right? So on top of a religious upbringing, but also the kind of environment you were in. It's no wonder that, you know, you may have struggled at first to adapt to other ways of thinking, but look how transformative it's been to your life now. Like you brought out so many elements at that festival, and I'm sure it happens because you have regular courses, right? Like you have meetings every week and classes that people can take. And if you even have like 10% of the touches that you had at Ebb and Flow Fest, people are in for a serious treat from like essential oils to just the way the environment is curated and the people who are in it. What are some of the things you have going on besides Flow Fest that Ebb and Flow is behind?
1: So, we have free weekly and monthly programming. So, for instance, every Sunday we have what's called Brunch Club. So, it's a really great way to come from the comforts of your home you can bring your branch if you want to but it's really a way to start your week off on the right foot you can come and set you know I kind of have this structure and way that I lead you into not only setting goals but meeting them like we can all set goals but what's a goal without action so it's like you know really giving you the space to clear whatever blockage is there that's you know blocking you from taking that first step into meeting your goals so that's brunch club and then we also we have a bunch of things and so we have a retreat coming up so if anyone is in the bay area especially in marin we have a retreat on new year's day so if you want a sober new year's or you know like you don't go out or whatever this is like the perfect place to come ground in anchor in and we have amazing workshops and so these are our this is our famous day-long workshop that we we, like put us on the map so we are back this is our first one since COVID I can't believe it this is our like our first retreat since COVID and then we also have a monthly membership so if you want to check out our membership um, that's something that we offer monthly so that and it's a turnkey experience meaning that once you sign up as soon as you sign up there's a whole portal of teachings and practices and lessons and recordings in which you can explore at your own time and we upload new material every single month so you will never get bored Um, you'll always have something to do and it's there for you to have fun and experience and you have access to me and to the other practitioners that are on our platform.
0: Oh, amazing. And I know you're sound bath facilitator, healer. Um, you gave us yeah. a little taste of that at Flow Fest. And yeah. that is something, listeners, if you've not yet experienced a sound bath, you need to. And it would be great if you experienced one with Vinay because, yeah, she's pretty magical.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love sound healing. Sound healing was, when I first discovered it, it was that expedient means right because sometimes being on the journey is it's hard being on the journey you just want to go to the finish line and you're like I want to be this awesome person I envision in my head I don't want to go and be on this journey and so to me the sound bath it catapulted me to that place on my journey. Like it just like advanced me like light years. I felt like I was in a time machine every single time and I was just leaving things, you know, similarly to yoga, I was leaving it on the mat. Right. Um, but not just like leaving it there and forgetting about it. It was like, it was, it was almost—it's almost like it's dealt with. Like I don't know how to really explain it, but it's like you know you're consciously choosing to like um, surrender it and leave it. You know, leave it on the mat, leave it on the earth beneath you. Allow it to, you know, to just grow its seeds and to blossom into whatever it needs to blossom into or maybe it doesn't need to blossom maybe it needs to be a weed and die I don't know but just leaving it there and just having that surrender piece for me was so valuable and so powerful because part of my trauma and the way that I have learned to keep myself safe is to think about like constantly be in my mind and to think, 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 think of all the different scenarios in which something can happen. And so I can go through the different scenarios so I can somehow like, you know, save myself from the heartache when it comes. And that's not um, always necessary. Um, And so it was really about learning to trust in my environment, trust in, you know, the universe that I am safe, I can surrender, I will be held. And it's really difficult to get there. But the more that I do it and make it a practice the more I'm able to meet myself and others with compassion.
0: Oh, I just want to kind of bottle what you just said (laughs) into like a, a recording, because what you just said, so many things in there are really, really profound. That's what comes through then in those sessions with you, because you're simultaneously sharing that gift of healing, like you're healing yourself, but also sharing that vibration, not just of the sound that the bowls are making, but the you behind that that really wants to share and really wants to help others. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so fitting that your nonprofit is called Ebb and Flow because that's, you know, it's such a metaphor for life. And I'm sure that's not lost on you in in terms of naming your business, your nonprofit. And I wanted to kind of continue, like segue on that in terms of Ebb and Flow because I know offline you and I have talked. So you and your fiance have been um, wanting to have a baby for some time, and I wondered to to the level that you're comfortable with talking about that experience for you, what that's been like, what kind of support you've had or or not had, any resources that you have discovered for others that might be listening. I know that you're not alone. I don't that doesn't necessarily help, but this definitely is is an issue for for many many women who are who are going through this. So. Just kind of whatever comes to to heart that you want to share about that experience.
1: Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Creating the space for me to be able to voice this because it is so important, um, I think, to talk about infertility and treatment and asking for help and seeking help, especially when you come from, you know, a place of trauma It's so hard to advocate and everything for yourself, especially, you know, in the medical field. You're like, oh, it's a doctor. Of course they know everything. Um, But then it's like, you know, you lose that trust in your body. So I guess I will start off by saying at 16, I was diagnosed with PCOS, which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And what I'm finding is many, many women, I feel like, are diagnosed with this unfortunate disease and at that time, like I was having infrequent periods or irregular periods. And I was just like, you know, I was really overweight. And I just didn't, I didn't have any kind of control over my body. I did. I was not into mindfulness or anything at that time. So I just, you know, went on the medicine that the doctor said, and then I wasn't on the medicine any longer. And I, um, you know, because I was at that that time, I was not sexually active and I wasn't looking to be pregnant. So I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Like you know, like I don't know. You're you're taught for so long to not get pregnant, <laughs> and then it's like, when you want to get pregnant, you're like, "Oh, it's not as easy as like you know they they made it seem." But I knew it was going to take some time and some work. So I remember like telling my fiancé, his name is Stefan, I remember having a conversation with Stefan, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be a mother, I've always envisioned myself, and I was like, I'm, I'm ready, like, I'm ready to take this step, and, you know, and us becoming parents, um, and he was just like, for, he was like, okay, yeah, and then we had another conversation, He's like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready, he was he didn't know if he was quite ready, and so then I you know at that this was a big surrender moment for me i like told him i was like i am ready and you know i'm like i was prepared to walk away from our relationship basically if he was just if he couldn't get on board because i knew like it was going to take some work and like and i and i just was ready like in my heart in my body i was ready and so I surrendered and I just told him like I you know I need you to be be on board with this and you know I'm I'm happy to work out whatever fears are coming up for you and you know things like that and so he sat for a moment and he was really quiet and I was like oh shit we're gonna break up I was like I wasn't really ready <laughs> I was like okay we, we're gonna work through, we're gonna gonna I mean, get through this and so then he was like okay like he's like let's move forward let's do this and so I was like okay boo. Cool. So I like called my OB and I'm like, listen, lady, we are ready. We're going to do this. And she was like, okay, well, and I, and I hadn't, I haven't been on birth control for many moons. So that wasn't an issue, like trying to get me off birth control or anything. So she's like, okay. So the first thing she did was put me on medicine to help bring on a menstruation. So it worked. I was menstruating nothing happened. So we did that for about three months. So then she gave me another medicine called, um, letrazole. and Letrozole is supposed to help you ovulate. So, I'm doing this, I took, I did probably about five rounds of letrozole with the OB, and she was like, okay, after that, if nothing, then you're going to have to go to a fertility specialist, and for uh, my fertility specialist was not uh, covered through our insurance, so she was like, you know, they give a a little bit of a discount, she's like, but you're still going to have to pay out of pocket, so... I had so... I just remember having so much anxiety and so much guilt because I was like you know, now we have to pay for this. And I was like, and it's because of me and just like really getting down on myself and being really hard on my body and just not having any kind of compassion for myself. And it was really, really hard. So starting the process to see a fertility specialist, there's a bunch of tests that you have to take. And they also um, have a series of tests for my spouse to take. So Stefan also had a bunch of tests he had to go through, which I actually appreciated because I felt like they had this, like, I don't know, just kind of a more proactive approach as like, oh, it's not just the woman who can be infertile. It could also come from like, there could also be like a male factor and like, let's rule that out. So I really, yeah. at that point, I was like, okay, I feel supported with this clinic. And I was like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna stay here. So... I'm working with them and so with the fertility clinic it's a little bit different because they're a bit more hands-on and they specialize in infertility so they know what to look for um, I think more than an OB so we started to go and have weekly appointments where I was going into the fertility clinic every week and they were doing vaginal ultrasounds to they're watching at this point, after I menstruate and take the letrozole, they're watching my follicles grow. And so what we found, what was causing us infertility was that I wasn't quite ovulating. So there's like a point in a woman's body after she menstruates where her follicles will grow, and then that will then once they grow to a certain size, it then like triggers your body to ovulate, which means let's release the egg, let's make a baby. So my body wasn't quite getting all the way there. So I needed a little bit of a boost. And so we decided to do what's called an IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. And so it's all natural, um, but what they do is is that they take my partner's sperm and they collect like the healthiest sperms and they put it into like a like a little vial and then I go in and then they put like a catheter directly into my cervix and then they push the sperm into directly into your cervix so kind of gives them a head start because when you naturally conceive through you know having sex um, a lot of sperm dies before it reaches the homeland where it should go for you know for a baby to happen and so they were like this kind of boosted and I should also say I also did an integrative approach so I also see a naturopath doctor and I go to um acupuncture every week and I definitely think that that helps um having a natural like this integrative approach um and so with IUI um it's pretty slim chances like the rates are not as great as IVF but it's so much more affordable than IVF because IVF is like a $25,000 procedure and you you know you're gambling you're we're always gambling so it's like a huge gamble and we were not ready to take that gamble um, um so our first one we did not get pregnant um and I was so heartbroken because I was like I did all the manifesting and all the visualization you know and I was like and it didn't happen and um I remember just like being like okay but we're gonna do it again and just like not letting it like really get me down and I was just like we're you know it's gonna happen like I am meant to be a mother and I remember at Flow Fest actually talking to Megan about my desire to conceive and step into my role as a mom and Megan just tuned in and was like yes I see this for you this is gonna happen and uh, she recommended for me to actually do a yoga practice, and I think you could say for yourself, but I think partially it was just, you know, when you're going through. For those of you who have gone through fertility, or I don't call it infertility journey, I always call it fertility journey because I speak. So when you're <laughs> when you're on this fertility journey. Um, you really get disconnected from your body. And I think, you know, for me at least, I was so laser focused on just this outcome of having a baby that nothing else mattered. That's all I could think about. I was obsessing over it. Like, my body, like, I don't even think it was truly getting the rest that it needed or required for this to, you know, truly manifest into the physical. And so what I was picking up from Megan was like, you know, come back home to your body. Like you are kind of off and out and we need to bring you back home to body. And so when she, when she gave me that suggestion, I really took it and I was like, okay, so I came back home. And like, right when we got back home, we were like back in our second round of an IUI. And I was like, okay, like, it's all going to be good. And it was all good. We actually, we fell pregnant um, and we were so excited. This was my first time ever. This is my first pregnancy, first time ever being pregnant. We were ecstatic. We got a blood tests done, like, the very next day to confirm. And the numbers were high. So we were like, yes, like, everything is good. We were so happy. Um, but a few sh- short weeks later, um, I actually miscarried. And it was the hardest I think the hardest thing probably to date that I I still have had to deal with like I've had to deal with a lot of shit but that it hit so hard to just like have you know basically you have everything that you want and Mm -hmm. then for it to be ripped away and it just felt like this familiar you know kind of thing that I used to go through as a child um And it brought back a lot of old wounds. It brought up a lot of old wounds and feelings that I thought I had dealt with. But here they are resurfacing. And so it was a little, I was just a a bit unbalanced, really. Um, I really, the ebb (laughs) um, of it all, truly in the ebb and just um, falling apart. And I allowed myself to fall apart and to be confused and I was in denial I was in so much denial I was like this is not happening um and then it wasn't until our last appointment that they were they confirmed that yes this is not a viable pregnancy and it just it changes you um for anyone listening who, who knows this or maybe have seen someone else go through this, it really does change you because, you know, for one, you have all these hormones running through your body. So you're like, first you have these hormones that are rising, rising, rising to these hormones suddenly dropping and you're just like, what? Like, and you just feel so out of body and just, you know, mm. a, For me, it was just a lot of confusion. (laughs) I was just super confused um, and sad. I was grieving super hard. But at that time, I just really called on my sisters and I broke down. You know, I would cry. They would hold me over the phone. They would, you know, their words was caressing me and I just felt their presence. And I think I gave not only this gift, to myself but also to them as well mm. to be able to show up and be like I told you I'm here to support you so let me be there to support you because you know when you're in the thick of your shit it's hard to like pick up the phone and call someone and be like I need help or I'm sad or can you help, like, can you listen, or whatever it is that, you know, your ask is, or, you know, people were asking me, like, how can I support you, and I would just straight up tell them, like, I don't know what I need right now, and they're just like, that's okay, too, like, just know that I'm here, like, whatever it is, and I knew it wasn't just this passive, like, you know, thing that they were saying, but they were genuinely like, "No, I, I am here for you." I've ha- had several people like come to my house, you know, just drop off even just food or flowers or a card and let me you know, like, "I'm thinking of you." You are, you know, I'm walking with you. You're not walking alone. And I don't think that that's everyone's experience, especially with COVID. Um, I've seen like, you know, my Facebook groups like this has not been everyone's experience so I'm super happy Mm -hmm. that I do have a community of people and I'm not saying I called on my whole community right like no like these were you know like few people here and there you know some people who I had told about the pregnancy would like maybe check in and then I would have to tell them and then I even remember experiencing guilt for like having to tell them like because I felt like oh I'm making them sad because I'm sad like you know and it was like it was so weird but I was just like you know what just tell them like they get to react they get to choose how they react and you're not making them sad and and i got to also like receive empathy and from other people which is not something i was used to receiving so i think i just want to tell anyone out there who's on their frater- fertility journey to just really get you someone even if even if it's me you can reach out to me we are def- i'm definitely working on a group coaching program um, for fertility um people and I'm just I just really want to encourage you to just keep going like I know it sucks it's so hard rest when you need to rest we're actually taking a break right now until December we decided we just need a little bit of time to just clear our heads and just come back together and recommit our love to one another um and just like know not really be so focused on this you know our baby um and just really kind of focus on each other and our future and um things like that so we're taking a little bit of break and it was hard for me to take a break also because I was like oh my god i like I don't want to give up like you know like taking a break felt like giving up but I'm like actually I'm creating so much more space for you know my desires to come through and to take uh, you know, to take place and take root. And so that's really something I'm grateful for now. Like I wasn't in the moment, but I'm grateful for it.
0: No, in the moment, it's it's so icky, right? It's such a, like a bog, like a swampy place to be. And like you said, it can be confusing and overwhelming. And the, you know, the hormones that are helping you to get to that place are kind of surging through your body. And then you kind of crash. Like there's, there's a reality out there for... Um, a lot of women who are going through this that people don't talk about a lot, at least not in in a public way so much. You know, I've had one-on-one conversations with people like you, members of my family and people who are close to me. And it's, there's something, it's almost like talking about the body in general, like how we never used to say the words period without whispering. Like when I was growing up, I'm older than you. It was just like, we're like, did you get your period? And like, we certainly didn't say the word menstruate. Like it just, everything was, for me, like being the age I am now where, you know, my daughters are in their 20s and people just talk about it like whatever. And I I love it because I'm like, we're finally actually using real words and real tone of voice and real emotion. And that recognizes you know, the difficulties that go with that, right? Whether it's acknowledging, you know, the role that PCOS has played in this or other, you know, trauma factors, like the things that we never used to talk about and therefore couldn't move through, you know, like now all of that is kind of coming to light. And I I hope you know that I'm just with you and behind you 110% and wherever this journey may take you, just the amount of good the example you're setting for others just by the way you live your life and like admitting when you know you're like bogged down by the shit it's like yeah you're you're a human being with these feelings and experiences too and like just sharing how you kind of made your way through that and I'm so glad as you were in the middle of talking like she's got to do a group for like I don't know what the word is I was like fertility group or like ebb and flow for it. Yeah, there's got to be like a a great marketing way to say that. But I feel like it doesn't even need to be that catchy, because there's going to be so many women and families and partners out there who will just want to know someone who's been through that. And can help with this. And that person is definitely you. You are such a treasure.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I feel so fortunate to have the practices that I do. You know, we were we touched on sound healing a little bit. Like I get to use my bowls to like, you know, really heal my body and offer medicine to myself. You know, the bowls, they work with the endocrine system. And so I get to really like I call it massage, like the endocrine system, these are places and, you know, parts of my body, I don't necessarily touch or pay attention to and don't even truly know what they do. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is an important part of like my fertility. And so, you know, and just like using chakras and just having so much more consciousness, because I really felt that I abandoned myself in this fertility process. And this break has just given me the space to breathe and to just be like, oh, to recognize that I'm out of alignment with my word, with my practices and everything. And so I'm really, really have renewed my faith. And so for me, like I I practice Buddhism. And so in our Buddhism, we say that faith equals expectancy. And so I've been in so much walking in so much fear that I haven't been expecting the good to be there or to happen. And so I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's I like it's you know, I kept putting like all these martyrs, like, oh, you know, I can I'll be happy once I get pregnant. Then I was pregnant and then all this anxiety came like with you know, being pregnant. And so then I was like, oh, I'll be happy once I get to 12 weeks or like, you know, that that call that like at the safe, you know, like when you could tell people and stuff. I mean, I told people before that, but I was like, I'll be happy then. And, you know, so it just, I just realized in how many other areas of my life that I kind of say that and limit myself that like, oh, I'll be happy when I get the, or when I do the, you know, thing. So I've just been like really kind of slowing down and just being like, you know what, like taking inventory of all that I have right now, all that I'm accumulating, all that I'm learning, all that I'm integrating. And I really do think, you know, I love to use the word integration because it's not about not being scared and about being like you know happy and positive it's not either or it's about how to integrate the two together to be like yes fear I see you thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to heal that in me right because it's not just the fertility it's going to come up and and show up in other parts of my life but right now it's showing up here and it's the loudest in this space Um, That I'm kind of walking in.
0: Oh my goodness. You're, (laughs) you have so many quotable moments right now. It's the loudest in the space that I'm walking in. And all of that, I know we got to like wrap up in a moment, but I was just thinking about vibration and with the with the sound bowls, and I met a ear, nose, and throat specialist many years ago. He was like practiced to the stars, so it was when I lived in Toronto, in Canada still, and he treated like Brian Adams and Celine Dion and like these mega singers who would come for concerts and have laryngitis or, have, you know, because they're on tour and they're singing and they would lose their voice. And so he said the simplest prescription to them, yeah, you can gargle with salt water, hot water, all that stuff. He said, really, you just need to hum gently in the shower every day and he said that vibration like using your vocal cords um, especially when you use them a lot it's just like doing the mm, creates that vibration which is healing and like we all kind of looked at him and and he was like I know it sounds like like nuttiness but that it is healing like the body needs to it's a massage for the vocal cords so when I hear you talking about the vibration and sound healing and what it does for the endocrine system actually makes total sense. Like, if you apply vibration to the whole body, who knows what we can do, you
1: know? Right. Yeah. And I love that because part of, my sound baths. sometimes we do do humming because I think of uh, I love to think of like bees like honeybees and I'm like oh like you know like they're like buzzing and they do so much for us right like without bees we wouldn't we we wouldn't have the nourishment from our foods and so I'm like they just go and buzz around and so and they're like you know this unit um but they're all buzzing it's not like they're all have the same buzz like they are buzzing differently but like I don't know yeah. I'm like we're going a whole tangent right. with that but yeah I'm keep it
0: right there I know <laughs>
1: and I just I love
0: that the Vinay vibration the Vinay vibe <laughs> <laughs> I love that so tell our listeners as we kind of wrap up what's where tell us your website your socials where's the where's the best place for people to um, find out about you find out about ebb and flow how to connect with what you're doing
1: yes so you can find us on instagram at ebb and flow collective and then you can find us on the web at um ebb and co.org or ebb and flow we bought all the domains <laughs> so we tried to make it easy for you to find us <laughs> N- nice. That's actually really
0: smart. Yeah. <laughs> A
1: little business tip right there. Buy all the domains that kind of revolve around your name. Even if it's like one little missed word, like, you know, buy that too. Because, you know, people, we're human. We have human error.
0: Yeah. No, that's super, super smart. Oh, Vinay, thank you so much for making the time. Uh, to come and be here today and just share your story and so much wisdom like I know it's you know life has not been a, a box of chocolates to quote about <laughs> a character for you but like what you have like the vibration that you've raised in yourself and are now passing on to others is just a miracle to witness and I'm so proud to know you and and call you a friend and Want to thank you again for inviting me to be part of Flow Fest this year to teach. I will definitely be there again next year, whether I'm teaching or just attending. And want to encourage all of our listeners to do the same. And in closing, I want to thank Wanda Abney, our podcast editor extraordinaire, and for the intro and outro music for freesound.org, where independent artists are donating their time, energy. And gifts to create the sounds that welcome you into and sign you out of my yoga audio and until next time my friends please continue to listen closely and expand exponentially do a little meditation on the theme of vibration and think about maybe where you need a little more vibration in your life in your mind in your body and we'll see you next time